Today's daf is daf Samech Aleph. And Rabbi Israel, you asked a shear, a question last year, and you asked about Rabbi Shimon, when you pass it, make a chain of people, can you use the same two people and keep passing one to the next? And you probably remember this because you, from your Mishnah Brewer shear. I'm not sure if you, I, I think you passed this anyway, so I'm sure that's probably, probably where the question came from. Because Mistimat Lashon of the Mishnah, of the Shulchan Aruch, the Bureau Alacha says, it seems to be, Dafka is a chain of people. No, well, not one, more, one person cannot carry more than Dalar Amot. But in the Bureau Alach, he quotes in Primagadim, you could actually do it with two people. So one passes to the other, and then he goes around to the other side and takes from him, and that's how they make, make a chain that way. So it sounds like it's a machlok at um, Aposkim, a machlok at Aparonim, if you like. Okay, let's begin today's stuff. So we just began discussing someone who's Omed Brishus Yachid, Umatalto Brishus Aradim, Brishus Yachid. Someone can stand in one Rishut and move things in the other. And with respect to the first case, as the Gemara will say, meaning his Omer Brishus Yachim is Matal Brishus Arabi, you have to be careful. It's going to be careful he doesn't move things more than Dalar Amot, because it is moving something Rishus Arabim, a length of Dalar Amot, which is not allowed to do. And the second case we started saying yesterday is Loyamad Adam Brishus Arabim, Yashtim Brishus Yachid, Yashtim Brishus Arabim, Brishus Arabim, Yashtim Brishus Yachid. So the person's not allowed to stand in one Rishus and urinate so it lands in the other. Um, uh, fine. And he can't spit either. And Rabbi Yudah says, And it sounded like when the, the simple language of the Mishnah, they needed someone to spit in their mouth and it dislodges. So they move it around in their mouth. They wouldn't be able to walk And as I already said to you yesterday, sure, the Gemara will qualify that. So let's bring in the Gemara. That's a bit of Chazar from yesterday's Mishnah. So here we have to change the gears a bit. Meaning, in other words, the, if you recall the way I read the Mishnah when we were going over just doing Chazara, when it said, provided you move more than Dalar Amot, that was going not on the case just mentioned, but on the first case, meaning he's standing in Rashut HaYachid and he's moving things in Rashut Sarabim. That's when the qualification is be careful you don't move more than Dalar Amot in Rashut Sarabim. But not on the second case, which this statement immediately follows, of your standing which is a rabbi That's why we have the Shinogirsa, because the Gemara is trying to tell us that even though there's a qualification, that qualification is not always going on that what we just said, but it can be referring to the first case, like in this Mishnah. Okay? And that's why we bring a proof from a might not seem so connected, but the you'll see that Signon, the pattern here is there's a qualifier at the end that's not going on the second case, but rather on the first case. That's what we're bringing the proof. And that's Shita Rebbe Meir, and that's a mission we'll see in Mr. Shem in tomorrow's time. Um, yeah, I think so. And that is as follows. Amarav, Mamanita Abraham, you see the same style. It says, Lo Someone's not allowed to stand in Shusayachid and reach into Shusarabim and, and take a key and unlock it. Okay? Unlock the door. And similarly, lo, meaning, say, from the outside. And or Bershus Sarabim, he can't send Sarabim, reach into the Bershus Yachid, say into the window or something, and, and then unlock the door. Elim Ken, Elim Ken, um, sorry, Elim Ken, he knis vasalom echitza gvor asrat fachim divrem mer. Now, what's the concern about reaching across one domain to the other? And that is because we're concerned that as he's doing the key and unlock, he might bring it back to the domain in which he's standing. So, therefore, if he's reaching from a Yachid to Rabim, which is the first case, and unlocking the door, then he might not even be doing any particular malacha because putting the key in that's resting Shusarabim in the door, it might be the lock itself is defined as a makompatur. And technically, there's no malacha being performed. 
But the concern is he might bring it back to him when he's finished unlocking it. And so in the other case, case B is in Rosh and he might read and reach out into Rosh Hashanah. Sorry, that was the first case. In the second case, he's in Rosh Hashanah, he might read into Rosh Hashanah. But then we've got a qualification here, that is, uh, the way he would be allowed to is if he made actually mechitza around where the door was. Now, which case does that make sense for? Only the first case. The first case is where it's Rosh and it's reaching into what would be the Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, that says you can't do that unless you fence off the doorstep to turn it into Rosh Hashanah. So once again, that qualification, as you can see, the style is not going in the second case because it doesn't make sense to talk about the second case. If you're Rosh Hashanah, you're going to fence off the area in Rosh Hashanah. What does it help you? It's still The concern is you might bring it back to where you're standing. So it must be referring to the first case where you're standing in Rosh Hashanah and you're reaching out to what would be Rosh Hashanah, but you fence it off and make it Rosh Hashanah and therefore it's okay. So again, the details of this, uh, the opinion will learn together. But the point is, the Gemara is bringing a proof from even another Mishnah that something, when sometimes a qualification comes at the end is not really applying to the case we just mentioned, but rather, rather the first case like in our Mishnah. Okay, let's continue. Next is the case of where Rabbi Yehuda says, Ap Mishnah nitlash roko mipiv, that even if some spit comes detached, we say, Lo so as I explained to you yesterday, Rav Amar, that's one beficha. That's the thick stuff that comes to the back of your throat, say, say phlegm. Because in that situation, that's when it's much considered detached and that would be considered carrying. Rabbi Yochan Amar beficha. Delok, and if that's not the case, since we're dealing with Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda is kedate, da'ama mashke tofeyach chibur. Because if it was just spittle in one's mouth, since what we have is much on this one skin, is, or on the tongue and the mouth, is considered mashke tofeyach, even if it's dislodged a little bit, it won't be considered as if it's completely detached. Because he says you have mashket or feyach, if you have liquid that is like a, a surface that is wet, let's call it that, that's considered a chibur. Where do we say that opinion? And that's a famous case where one toivels, sorry, one immerses themselves in a mikvah that's bidiyuk, the minimum size shear of a mikvah, arbim seah. As he gets out of the water, by definition, he'll be taking some water with him. But what Rabbi Yehuda says, if as long as the person's still standing feet in the mikvah, another person can toivel in the mikvah, because we say the mashka tofeach, the liquid that's considered that's still on his body, will be considered mechubar to the mikvah itself, and it will be like that person, the person number two, is toivel is um, immersing in a problem in a mikvah that's arbim seah. So therefore, he's saying that if we're not talking about something like phlegm, we're just talking about spit in one's mouth, then the liquid in one's, then this, even if you so-called detach some spit. It'll still be considered a mechubar uh, to the mashkatofeach that's within the mouth, and it's never really going to be detached. So that's what happens. You're talking about something else like phlegm that's come from the back of the throat or something like that. Okay, um, fine. Now the Gemara says loss of davar That's the next case in the Mishnah that was talking about someone standing in one reshut and urinating in the next. So we say loss of davar doesn't. The Isra is not just someone who's urinating in brushosayachid and shooting and aiming, if you like, to brushosarabim. Even if he's standing with Shusarabim and urinating himself with a particular force aimed towards Rishusayachid and it's landing in Rishusarabim. So in other words, where it's landing is in the same Rishud he's standing. And it's either an incline or because of the force of the urinate, of him urinating, it's going to run into Rishusayachid. That would still be Asa. Because here, and Rav Chaim says, we're talking about it's Makom Madron, even it's on angle. Why? Since, even though it's landing, if you like, in the same as the person's urinating, since it's mikocho, it's the almost immediate and direct, 
that it's going to be trans then transitioning to the next Rashut, we still say it's Asur. Okay? So it's not just, you know, shooting over the fence, it's Asur, even if it's in the same Rashut. Similarly, it says, Amrav Yossi Barbon, Losafta Rishusarabim Mashtim Rishusayachid, not just someone saying Rishusarabim and he's shooting into Rishusayachid, I feel Rishusayachid, even if standing Rishusayachid, Mashtim within Rishusayachid itself. Umit gaglin biyordin, and it ends up going straight out, if you like, as Rab, as um, Penemosha says, mit gaglin umiyad yordim l'shusarabim, that would be asur. Okay? Mit gaglin yom l'shusarabim asur. And that, the reason why I have to talk about the immediacy is because we talked about other cases about pouring in gutters at a distance, and we, and then those, that was, uh, that's not to confuse the two sukhias. So that's why Amra Yossi, hada amra, silon ha'umed b'shusarabim, so some there is a silon, a big pipe, right, a drain pipe that happens to be standing in Rushusarabim. And the top of it is uh, it's ten from the ground, and the top of it is four wide. So that's a height is. So technically you would think that the top of Rushusayachid, so I from my balcony, for example, can pour into that Rushusayachid, my wastewater. So there's a no ain't the you cannot pour into it, because why? Immediately my mit because the water is going to go straight through Mikoko and to Rushusarabim. And that would be, therefore, Aso. Let's continue. Next case is as follows. So uh, the way Racham explains it here is actually the Havimit of the Gemara. And you'll see, because he correct, he not corrects it, but he says in the Gemara, then he rejects this way of understanding. So the assumption is, why can't someone stand in Shusayachid and drink in Shusayachid? Or vice versa, unless Roshro boy is stretched over to the other Rishut. Because we're concerned that what? He might bring back some of the water with him, but and then bring, and therefore Machnis from one Rishut to the other. So really, it sounds like there wouldn't be any real Isur involved. That's what it sounds like at this stage. However, um, it's only Mishum Gzeirah. That's why, as long as Roshro Vurubo, your head and most of your body, is over into the other Rishut, that's why it would be okay. Now, what's the case of Chen Begat? Um, the Chen Begat is regarding Meiser, if you recall, we said that we, one's allowed to, this takes a lot back to Zerayim, that the one's allowed to um, eat a snack from, say, food that's being, either wine is being pressed and, and the like, or, or produce, in a snack-like fashion, until it reaches Gemara Malacha. Once it reaches Gemara Malacha, well, you have to do it full separate from some Asrav. Also, you can only have it in a snack. So when it came to a gut, and so we're pressing out this, the, these grapes to, to make wine. So if someone's shorter begat, oh, so another important thing is, is that it's considered in a snack-like fashion. Sorry, you can only drink before Gemar Malacha if you do so or eat in a snack-like fashion. If you have a derkviot, a proper like a meal, let's call it that, then we say you'd have to separate Truma Samasur even in that earlier stage, okay, before Gemar Malacha. That's the points we've, we've learned in detail in the past. So the point is, the reader of Chaim, says, Simply taking a quick drink over the wine press is not considered keva. So therefore, you're allowed to drink without doing hafrasa trumas ha Why? Because you're going to machzir to mutar. You might take a taste and then chuck the rest back in. If you take some and sit down and have a drink, then it's considered keva. Then you wouldn't be able to drink without doing hafrasa. And that's why it says also for a gut, in order to be considered drinking over the gut, you'd have to have rosho and rubo over the gut in order to make it considered like a snack. That's bechen begat. Then it says, kolet adam mina maschila. 
Now, I'll, let me just show you some pictures here. The difference between a mazchila and a and a tsinor. So you, you can see that, yes, good. So uh, the roofs were flat roofs. This is the way Reb Chaim explains it. And what they would do is they'd have all these outlets of water along the side of the roof, which water could drain. And effectively, it's what we would call a gutter. A gutter ran down the side. It was on a sloped angle and it would run. The reason why it's, I'm showing such a definite slope because it will make a difference in the Gemara. It wasn't always su- such a gradual incline. It could have been quite steep. And that would run the water all the way out. And you can imagine it's going to be running out to Rishas Rabbin. So what the Mishnah is saying, we have to understand why this is, is that someone can call it. Now, the way the Bavli explains it, it's not going about putting a hand right against it, but actually catching at a distance. But we, let's, let's not make that distinction just yet. Reb Chaim raises it as a possibly later on, but I think it sounds like that you're actually taking it straight from the edge of the where the water's coming out and you're drinking straight from it. Okay? So that's the, the Mishnah seems to, for some reason, mechalek between whether it is below 10 fachim from the ground or above 10, 10 fachim from the ground, the exit point. So if it's below, if it's above, then, um, uh, where is it? Yeah, if it's, if it's, oh, the Gemara explains exactly why. I'm not going to go into detail now. However, when it comes to a tsinor, a tsinor here is a like a like a downpipe. So simply mezchila would call a gara, and it's tsinor, as you can see, is a downpipe, so it would come down. And here, when it's talking about taking water from the mazchil from the tsinor, sorry, it doesn't matter how high up from the ground you're going to be taking it. That's what it sounds like. Okay. There's what to work on when we get to that in the Gemara. Let's continue. So the first question the Gemara is going to be addressing is, is so we said in the Mishnah that one is not allowed to stand in one Rishut and drink from the other Rishut. So what the Gemara says now is, I understand if it's Rishut and he wants to drink in Rishut Rabim. But if he's drinking from, if he's standing Rishut Rabim and drinking Rishut Sayachid, isn't his pair above Asrat Fachim? So what's the, here we have to um, understand what the, the question is in the Gemara. So it says, in other words, I'll read Rukhaim. He says, If you're and you're taking water for Siyachid, when you put it in your mouth, your mouth is above 10 Tfachim from the ground. We're assuming it's not bending down to do so. Okay? Therefore, you're taking, technically, the assumption is here that you're taking from Rosh Siyachid, according to the Gemara's question, and you're going to be placing it in what? A Makom Patur. Your mouth and the hanacher is occurring in your mouth. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Why can't I stand in Rishus Rabim and drink from Rishus Yachid? Why do I have to have Rishul Barubo inside the same Rishul? I can see, because when I'm taking Rishus Yachid, taking this water and putting it in my mouth, the hanacher is happening in my kompatur. But yes, we are different shape in the body and the stomach and all these other things. That's the assumption at this stage. So we say, the Gemara says, Shnia hidimit galgulim yorudim. It says, no, because the water you're drinking is going to go down into your stomach. So what? Now here, this is the this is a really important Reb Chaim. He says, when you drink, the maim is going to go latoch ma'av all the way to your stomach. And the resting hanacha is not occurring in the mouth, rather it's betoch ma'av in the stomach, and that is lamatem asarat tfachim, and that's going to your standing rishus arabim. So that's why when you're sta- if you're standing rishus arabim, you can't drink from rishus yachin because the water is going to go into your mouth and do hanacha in the stomach, not in the mouth. Let's continue. Ulafizeh, according to this, the whole concern of the Yerushalmi here of not drinking, it's not because of Gzeira like I explained in the Mishnah. Because the whole 
Chashash is I'm doing Hatsa'a from one Rishut to the other. I'm taking from Rishut, in the case we're staying with Sarabim, I'm taking from Ziyachid, I'm drinking water there, and it's landing in the stomach, in my stomach in Rishut Sarabim. Elim, Elim can only way get out of that. Is im What does it mean? Rubo then in Amishnah means the avnami. I have to make sure that my stomach is also over in the Rishosayachid for this to work. And it says ve'ain bazela el reish perakama de shabbat to shambi or the ikah plugta because there's a machlok bezei bliatan zuhi nachadatan or hanach madum av and we in mesech the shabbos there's a machlok whether we say hanach is occurring the mouth or the stomach but it's quite clear from this gemara the gemara's understanding is. When does a hanacha occur? Hanacha occurs when the, when the liquid hits a stomach. And because you're standing in one reshut, you took the water from one reshut and your body's in the other reshut, and, and the stomach is assumed to be less than 10 tefachim from the ground. Therefore, if you're taking water from Rishsiyachid, I can't drink that water in Rishsiyachid, even though my mouth might be there. And if my, because if my stomach isn't with it, meaning my stomach's in the other reshut, Rishus Arabim, it's going to be hanacha. So it's mamash in inyan of hotza'an, not Rishum Gzeira. That's a really important to understand this sugya because again, if you're remembering the bavli. Okay, uh, next case. So what about the gemara asks? One second, Tana, Gamal. If you've got a camel, Shurosh over Bifnim, that it's uh, it's head and menorah body is inside. And Malatino Bifnim, you have to stand inside with it and do the halata there. Mibachutz, if it's outside, Malatino Bachutz. Now Malatino means you sort of get some food and like stuff it. You, you put it in its mouth, uh, and we discussed the halata in terms of uh, in back in Masechta Shabbos as well. It says, so now the Gemara says, I understand that you, if it's inside, you have to be inside with it to do it. You can't do it from Rosh Sarabim. However, if it's, um, if it's the, the Rosh of Arubo is outside, why do I have to be outside? But isn't the mouth above sent Tfachim? In other words, if I'm Rosh Sarabim and the animal is Rosh Sarabim, why can't I stuff its mouth full of food? Firstly, its mouth is above 10 fachim from the ground. And as Reb Chaim points out, that its stomach will likely also be above 10 fachim from the ground. It's a, it's a camel. So that's, and it's left as a kashna. And uh, he says, it's really two uh, questions here. The first is, firstly, that the stomach is, um, is above, so the second answer is 10 fachim from the ground. But also when you put it in the mouth, the animal itself is what's going to do the megalgal, going to bring it down to the stomach. So there's two, so in other words, that's why it's left with the kasha. Why can't I feed an at, a big camel that's standing in Rosh Sarabim and I'm standing in Rosh Sayachid? Um, it, it's left with a question because really, based on the way the flow of the sugya, if the whole question is Hotza'a, Hotza'a's not occurring, right? Because it's never going to land in Rosh Sarabim. The stomach of the animal, it's quite simply, it's about 10 fachim from the ground. Um, fine, Rabcham goes into more detail uh, connecting to a machloket in the Bach and Shulchan Ruch, but, but Yosef, sorry, but we'll, um, it's not, not for now. Okay. Next, Rabbi Yosef Barbun, Machlafa Shmuata. It seems to be a stira. Says, Lo ken amar Rabbi Yochah bar Acha b'shem Rav Chanina shekol shlosha b'shoshas mukhim lemechitza kemechitza. So, what's the question here? He says that we've got a kasha on the Shmua of Rabbi Yochah bar Acha from our Mishnah. Why? Because I'll read you Rabbi Chaim. He says, Sheim yesh blita yotzer mina mechitza. If you've got a blita, a small projection that's coming out of the mechitza, then it's considered tafel to the mechitza when. Mishum Lavud. So if it's less than three tfachim, any sort of blita, it's considered part of the mechitza itself. Hilkach, therefore, what? Kashali, he's got a kasha. Let's go back to the case of the mazchila up here. If I'm going to take it from the mazchila, which is she'etzelagag, and the assumption is that this mazchila is at least three tfachim wide. Sorry, sorry, so it's not three tfachim wide. It's very narrow, my mistake. V'im ke'ninsa, 
if we say then that as long any any anything that's less than three tefachim wide, because the lavud is mamash considered part of the mechitza, then it says it should be that if I'm going to collect take water from the maschila, it's as if I'm taking it from the roof itself. Then it's taken. So how then can the Mishnah make a distinction whether how high up or low down this maschila was? Because according to our Mishnah, we said if the maschila is below asrat tefachim, you can take from it. And we're saying, but we just learned now that any 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 projection that's less than three tefachim out is considered a mamashis first like battle to the mechitza. So it should be like taking from the roof, no matter how low down it is. So the Gemara says, no, tifta This is clever, this. In other words, yes, we have to say it's more than three tefachim, so you don't run into this, the, the problem for a Yaakov bar Acha. So it's not considered mamash par the roof. But it also can't be four tefachim wide. Why is that? That is because, I read Reb Chaim here, he says that, it, it says, she'im rachava arba, as soon as it's four, then aflamata ma'asara would have a din of a karmelit. Because we said that if this mazchila is lower than 10 from the ground, you can take from it, it's not a problem. But if you say it's four wide, then the mazchila would have a din of a karmelit, and also below 10 would be a problem. El, it must be this mazchila is a very, very specific type of width. It's your termi gimel, so you don't run into the problem of the akubar akha, so it's not, it doesn't have the din of the gag when it's so low down. But it's also embodin dalet, shinidon makom patur, so that we can give this mazchila a status of a makom patur. Vachiagavna, that's why it's mutaliklot mimeno when it is, well, when it's, uh, when it's below, okay? Lemata masrat vachim. Okay, we'll try and understand what's happening. We'll see how this, uh, there's more to say on this, so we'll, give, we'll get this. Now, the next case is as follows. Now, there's two ways to understand what's going on in this. In, in the, Reb Chaim brings both. Either it's a picture on the right or the left, because you can see. So I have a, a kaneh. The kaneh itself, it's in Rishasarabim, it's sticking up 10 tefachimai. That on its own will be a makom patur. Now, the question is, be kifum and I surround it with mechitzot, and I throw from Rishasarabim onto this kaneh, l'toko. We said, the question is, what's the din? So what are the two ways of understanding the question? The one that's standing is the way on the right, where what I've done, I've made a mechitza down below. A proper mechitza, ten tefachim high. And the question is, do we say good asik mechitzata, that the walls of this mechitza go up, and therefore it's like Rishusha Yachid goes all the way to Shemaim, and therefore even on top of this little stick is considered Rishusha Yachid. So therefore if someone throws Rishusha Rabim and it lands on that stick, that'd be chayim. That's one way of understanding. So the question is, do we say a good asik mechitzata? The other way of understanding, it says, no, what happens, I may put a little board on top of it. And the thing is, that little board is has a tiny mechitza around the edge. And the question is, do I say good achit, not asik going up, but so achit, do we say that the, we look at the edges of it if it goes down. And if it goes down, then I've got walls that are 10 tfachim high, such that the top of this would be considered a rishos hayachit as well. Those are the two different ways to understand it. Okay. Um, Fine. So the Gemara now says as follows. So that Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Elaza says, Omer Kamachloket. It really depends on the Machloket. Rabbi Chaim says it's, a, it's actually a brighter that's brought. He says it's not brought in Yashalmi, but it's brought in the Bavli. Between Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi whether you say good achit or not. Okay? In other words, and if you say good achit, according to, and the assumption is, for this, on the, 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 according to what you're on the right hand side of the page, then if you say good achit, you say a good asik as well. So that's the first assumption. 
So the Gemara says, one second, Haiti, Rav Yudon, Vatanina, but we learned in the Mishnah. If the wife was standing on top of a roof, Vizarkula, and he throws the get to her. And he says, once it reaches the Avir Hagarg, even just to the airspace of the Gag, because it's as if it landed in her huts already. So then the assumption is in this question that we're either saying, we're simply, we're clearly saying good asik michitsata of the roof, such that the entire space up to Shemayim, if you want to look at the right hand side of the page, is considered already that rashut. So even though it hasn't physically landed on the roof, once it get reaches the roof space of the woman, that's, and that's her roof, if you like, then it's considered already as it reached her hand. She moved Gresha from that point. Um, however, Amr Abelazar says, no, Manina Bregav, so the Gemara says, so the Gemara, so the Gemara rejects this as being a proof as to say, I definitely say good asik, good achit, etc. Rather, Amr Abelazar, Manita Amra Begag, Ma'aka. We're dealing with a gag that has a railing around the outside. So it itself has its own machit. So we're not relying on good asik, good achit. And when do we say it's Megureshet, Vahushiarid Labira Ma'aka? That's when the get lands within the airspace of the actual mechitzot that are being created by this railing, by the marker, and therefore don't try and bring a proof for the discussion around good achit, etc. The she'en marker, if it doesn't have a marker, it has to be that it went to la'avir, but how far? La'avir shlosha shem smuchim lagav. That's when we read three tfachim from the ground. Shakol shlosha, when they're doing three tfachim, it's as if it's the gag itself. So again, the, what um, Rebbe Lazar has tried to do is to try to push that Mishnah aside as being a, a, a problem by saying it's not talking about a situation where a line would achit, but rather other principles, meaning either has physical mechitzot or say levud. Okay. Now the Gemara says, okay, Amar Avchia v'chen begat, that's linear meisah, like I explained before, when the Mishnah said v'chen begat. And now the Gemara continues now. Rebbe Hudomar Omer, that must be Rebbe Meir here. So what is Shittah Rebbe Meir and how does it relate to this Mishnah? Now, what, what this uh, means is that we discussed this actually in passing, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Re- very, very recently. And that is, whether we say, so for example, let's say there's an archway for a doorway, but there's no, it's no vertical parts. It's just a full arch. According to Chachamim, you don't have a vertical high posts that are 10 high, so therefore it doesn't need a mezuzah. According to Rebbe Meir, we can, if you like, carve out the space of the arches such that you now have a proper, like, mechitzel. There he says, Chokakim Lashlin. So the assumption is, our mission is Shittah Rebbe Meir that says, Chokakim Lashlin. Now, what, what, what is that? Why is that? So I'll read you Rebbe Chaim. He says as follows. He says, first, he quotes a plugta in the Gemara Bavli, laying the petach, a petach that's like a kippah. I'll just skip all that. So let's continue halfway down the Dira Machil de Amar. He says, Vishaminin the Rebbe Meir called the Vash Yeshbo Shiur, Vyeshbo Yesham Ovi, Borochav Lechok, Lachok, Lashlim Kishaminam Kermukakdami. Then anytime I've got like a, 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 um, something that I need to mushle my shear, I can carve out some solid, if you like, wall next to it, imaginary wise, to fill that shear. Vachinami, I don't write down Meshila. Meaning, if the mazchila, this mazchila back to this case, the gutter is above 10 from the ground. You know why it's asur? Because even though the it's it's not four wide, like we said before, it's not four wide. Nonetheless, the reason why I can't take water from that mazchila when it's ten tefachim from the ground, despite the fact it's not four wide, is because hokakim lahashlin. 
Therefore, I, it's almost like I carve out from the walls to mushlin the shear to make it like Rosh Yachid. Hilkach, that is why Lamala Sarah above ten trachim That's why it's Rosh Yachid. So that explains why I said we'll see in a moment how we're finishing it. Why there's actually a difference between above and below, above and below. If the maschila itself is less than is less than four trachim wide. And the reason is because this must be Shita Rebbe Mer, that we say Chokakim Lahashlim, that it's we're carving it out, and that's why when it's above Tachim from the ground, you'll be taking Rishus Yachid. Nevenim Tam Rishus Yachid Rishus Arabim. Olamata Masar Deshari. Why, when it's below ten Tachim, is it Mutar? Afal Pishim Nichla Nachuk. Even if, even though if we if we would carve from it, it would have a din of a Karmelit. Dilma Chokakim Lashvuya Karmelit Lo Minan. Perhaps we say that Chokim Lashlim only worked to define a proper Rishut like Rishiachid, but not for a Karamelit. So that's one way of explaining why when this Mazchela is less than four Tfachim wide and more than three, sorry, less than four, but more than three Tfachim wide, that it makes a difference to above and below because it must be Shir Rimeir, because Rimeir says Chokim Lashlim, and therefore to the above ten Tfachim on the ground, we're effectively taking from a Rishiachid. That's why you can't do that. Now he says, Inami, perhaps he says, Hey, Rishami Nami Savar Kedadak Bavli. Maybe the the Rishami hold like the Bavli, and here we introduce the idea. I said we, that we should forget till later. It says Amani Detnan Kolet Men Meschila Kolet Ein Metzare Kolet Ein Metzaref Law. Because the Bavli is reading this suga, which I haven't really seen explicitly here, is that when the Mishnah says Kolet, it means catch the water, but not put your mouth directly against the Meschila itself. Sort of catch that which is falling from the uh, falling from the like you catch it from the in the air, right? Because then there's no clear hot um, hot However, uh, but you can't let saref. You can't put your mouth directly against it because in doing hot from rishut the rishut, perish like kriv or put a kli right against it if you like ela maschila. Because if it's above ten tefachim in the ground, even catching is not. Because despite the fact if you simply catch in the air, there's no problem of because I'm just taking it from the air. air. However, because all Babli understands it, because there's a, we make exera kolet up to mitzaref. Because I'm concerned if we let you catch it, you might want to bring the clear right next to it and mean mitzaref that would be doing a vaday hotzah amershot l'rashot. Fine. Uh, so the rabim. But if it's below, we just said if cooking lashlim that area be considered defined as a caramelit. Um, we say the inami because there, even if you would put it right next to it, wouldn't be isudoraita. It would be isudorabanan, and therefore that's why it would be a difference between above and below. So let's just do this outside. The two ways to understand this sugya. Well, um, the Rabbi Chaim just brought now. How what it means? This is shit Rabbi Meir. A maschila is only th- between three and four wide, like we established towards the uh, beginning of this amul. The question is, why does it make a difference then between above ten tefachim and below ten tefachim in the ground? So, must be that firstly, this is shita rebbe meir because they're hooking lashlim. So that if it's above ten tefachim in the ground, we view it as if it's full four tefachim wide with hokakim lashlim, and therefore that is rishus yachid. Ah, then so therefore you can't take water from there. You're taking from yachid to rabbi. Uh, why is it you can take it from below 10 Tfachim from the ground if Chokim Lashim isn't at a Karmelit? So there's two ways to answer that. Either because we say Chokim Lashim only applies to Rosh Hashim, not, uh, not a Karmelit, or we're talking about these Kolet Me'avir. This whole thing's a Gzaira. You can never take it straight from Mitzaref Akli, straight from the Gada. You can only catch it from the Avir. So that's really a Gzaira. So the Gzaira only applies if it's Collect from something that could be Rosh but not if you're collect from something that's defined as a caramelite. 
Now the Gemara continues. Wow, I just saw the time. It's a longer shear today, sorry. Um, so the Gemara says, no, divrei akol, it could be the akol, mishtapeah asara tvachi mitoch shalosh. So what it's saying is, no, we're talking about where the gutter itself is on an incline that is asara mitoch shalosh. So it's on an incline such that is uh, considered, I'll read Rukhaim, he says, that it is ole la gavua asara tvachim begimul begimul amot meshech. So we saw this before, that if something on a particular incline, it's, do we view it as flat or do we view it as being a vertical like a mechitza? So we're saying here it's it's on a very shallow incline. And if it's on a shallow incline, therefore what? Then it makes it nicha for tashmish le And then it has a din of a chore rishus Nimza, kolev minamizcha, if you take from the mazchila, you're taking rishus Now this is fascinating. What we've just done now, the Gemara says, no, we don't have to say chokim lashlim, because it could be a shallow incline. And therefore, once it's a shallow incline, it's considered chore rishus and if it's a chore rishus then you're taking rishus yachid, rishus the bad ten from the ground. What's going to be, should be playing in your mind is if you say, if it's a chore rishus then even below ten fachim from the ground, it should be a problem, but we'll get to that. So have patience. The Gemara says, um, uh, fine. It says, I mishtapeya, the Gemara says, if it's in that such a shallow incline, um, uh, it says, then it's kegagin. Meaning, this is our question. If you're saying it's considered so shallow, that it is, that's why I said it was back in your mind, but well, sorry, the Gemara is asking it right now. If it's in such a shallow incline, then it's fine to chorishusayachid. Then it doesn't matter how high up this mezchila is from the ground. You're saying it's tashmisha nichre l'roshosayachid. It's chore l'roshosayachid. I don't care how high up and down it's the ground. I should never be able to take the mezchila. So manan kaimim she'ein So the Gemara says manan kaimim she'ein tzarich. She'ein tzarich. So what does it mean she'ein tzarich? Let me just get this. Um, uh, one second. Omashi manan manan. Sorry, manan taman sheinot sarich sheinot sarich nicha at amar ad shianiach. So what's this referring to? Rav Chaim says ma im kakorea b'sefer al roshagad. Let's go back to the person who was reading Megillah on top of the roof. Umit gal gabi adonis rolling out of his hand, and when he says you can roll it back to you, koshel or nach, as long as it didn't rest on the ground. Meaning what? Afal pi sheinot sarich nicha. Meaning. In other words, as long as it's not resting from the resting on the ground, it's not considered as if it's um, a cure from that a cure from that location. So then for kan meaning pirush, since the water's flowing the whole time, and therefore, it wouldn't be considered an akira unless it is resting. Despite the fact, therefore, since the maschila is considered shiachid, shapir kolet, you can definitely take from it. lo avid akira, because you're not doing akira kivan shalonach. So let me just explain this outside. Sorry, it wasn't so clear before. What it's saying is, since the water is flowing, it's not considered as if it's resting in that rishut. And if it's not resting, we know to do the full malacha of Hotzah, you have to do Akira and Hanacha. You take out from one Rishut and you place it in the other Rishut. What the, what the, what the Gemara is saying now is, since it's a flowing liquid, it's not resting there, just like the Megillah that wasn't resting on the ground, it's not considered Akira. I could 
rolled my Megillah, my Sefer Torah, all the way back because it was never Nach. So too, I should be able to take it out. Despite the fact, Chetzi Malach is still Asur. We're talking about once again, Kolet Minavir. And since, even if you're Metzarif, it would be a problem. So the Gemara says, one second, Mi lo nach. One second, Mi lo ayri, the Gemara explains, that the water hasn't, you know, what if there's not a lot of water there? The water would be resting there. So how can you be so certain it's always going to be moving? So the Gemara says, now this is a real tradition, she says, Meaning, because it's not full wide, even if the water's resting there, it's as if it's as if it's moving. What does it mean? It's been moving. That means it's not resting in makom dalad al dalad, and therefore, to do uh, the the malacha of hotzai, you have to do akira. You have to pick it up from a place that's dalad al dalad. So let's now see this all. Let's have to piece this all together. Let's read Ruchain first. He says that mishum de kol shalonach b'makom dalad lo chashiv akira. Because Akira and Shabbos is only you take it from Makom Dalad al Dalad. Granted, we call the Rushus Yachid. Why? Because it's a Chore Rushus Yachid. But therefore, it's not considered Akira. You're doing from Makom Dalad. So the Hazel, the Gemara says, okay. So we, we, we're sort of jumping back and forwards. I'll explain what we had the flow we're going. Initially, we said that what happened, well, we said uh, there's a difference between above and below. Why is the difference above and below? Because above and below is considered because of Chokim Lashnim. Okay? And then we started saying, okay, that must be Shida Remer. Then the Gemara said, no, let's, this could all be like Shida Chachamim. Because if it's all like Shida Chachamim, because we could be saying that it's like Chorin Shusayachid. Then Gemara says, if it's Shkhori Roshasayachid, then why is it Asur to take it from it when it's below 10 Tvachim from the ground? Okay? Because if below 10 Tvachim from the ground, then you should say Shkhori Roshasayachid. And the Gemara says, no, the conclusion of the Gemara at this stage is no, because since the Gad is not four Tvachim wide, you're not doing a Kirimi Komdalit. But that gets back to the original question. I've just answered why when it's below 10 Tvachim from the ground, I can take it. But why then again, if it's above 10 Tvachim, can we not? Because all our answers seem to be saying, oh, it's all mutar or it's all asa. We're going back and forwards. So the, that's why Rokhain says, Because Rokhain says, the super shouldn't have finished yet. Because even if it's about 10 fach from the ground, you're not doing makom medalit. So he says, yeah? Now that's really, you're not ever doing akira mekom dalet, so therefore it's not asa. But the only reason why there's a difference by the end of the sugya between above and below ten tefachim from the ground, if you want to say this is like shir chachamim and not relying on chukim lashlim, is because suddenly now it's nirekamotzi. It just has the appearance of being motzi merchosayach to shesaradim, and not because there's actually a technical malachi you're doing bichlal, which is an interesting conclusion to get to the end of the sugya after we sort of thrashed out all these different principles in Rashiot. In the end, it's because it's near Rekomotzi and not really because you're doing Hotza at all. That's it if it's in above and below 10 Fachim from the ground. Okay, we've gone over time, so we'll stop here, even though we're just a few lines before the end. We'll start the next mission next year of Mitzvah. All right, Paul, so have a good day. Oh, yeah.